speaking of alone, I think I might, boys, I might become, <laughs> might becoming, I might be becoming a voyeur a little bit. I like to walk by bar windows and look <laughs> at people, watch people drinking oh. alone. Public There's places. some kind of. You like to see the people alone? Drinking. Alone. Uh, and I remember that feeling. And feeling like, man, you know, that's like a shitty feeling to drink alone sometimes, but it's also kind of nice. And seeing seeing people's reactions. I've, I sat outside of uh, Bellingham Bar and Grill last, two, uh, the last time I walked home. I think it's okay as long as you're not standing outside of apartment buildings watching people drink alone. I scanned my innards, and I was like, I don't think this is me missing drinking. You, you see something about, you learn something about people when you watch them drink alone. Like, do they set the... Do they set it down? I Do they felt, just hold on to it the whole time? Yeah, they they're, they all, they're all looking somewhere that's not in the room. You know, they're looking inward, but they're they're facing their glasses. I don't know. It was like looking back on Christmas morning when I was a kid. I don't know. It was something kind of. It was beautiful and I sad, like and and yeah, I just watched them, and it yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I'm gonna do it again. I love it, uh, and I kind of feel like I need to do it now. Are you gonna go? Very fast, perfectly acceptable Whoa. podcast. Not fast like we're getting through this quick, but like fast times at Podcast High, episode 108. Episode 108. Fast, but not in the way, like not in the sense of speed. Yeah, and not like we're half-assing it, too. Oh. We're fast-assing it. <laughs> oh. Which Can is... we half-fast it? Go on. That's all I got. Oh, half-fasting. That's normal speed if it's half the speed of fast. <laughs> Episode 108. Sorry, yeah. guys, come on. Fucking intro. <laughs> Fucking intro. Fast. Half. Uh, we got to get through this quick. It's a fast cast. Um, where every Tuesday we pick up a whole bunch of books. Sometimes you have to bring your own with you because your tailbone gets yeah. riled up. Uh, oh, riled up. Riled up. Bring them back here. Count them. Love them. Sort them. Uh, put them in some files. Take them home. Just read the piss out of them. <laughs> Mine were pissless when I was done with them. Unpissed comics? Unsoiled? Well, I read the piss out of them. They were pissless. Oh, I had inherited much piss through those comic books. Wrung out the piss. <laughs> Pistols. <laughs> um, oh. And then we come back here to have like moments like that. Uh, we all wring our piss out here. Piss foley. Oh, no, now Justin's thinking about needing to piss. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, I gotta no. go. Clap. Should I feel no. guilty? No, get off this track. Quick. Uh, get off. Um, <laughs> uh, we're to engage in a variety of tangents, either related to or unrelated to the books, the store, or the comings and goings of our life. Nailed it. Bing. I'm Jeff, and I'm a big fucking kid. <laughs> I'm Django, and I like big fucking kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm Roman, and uh, I just like to think about it, you know, drinking and stuff. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Justin, I, I stand outside a bar saying, where are all the fucking kids at? <laughs> uh, we can talk about anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, talk about uh, oh, this. Don't worry, Houston. <laughs> what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> Now, what, what, what was that thing you said about uh, uh, guns? What's that word you said? <laughs> <laughs> Gold. Oh, pistols? Pistols, that's it. Yeah. No, pistols. Tracy. Pistols. 
He's I'm, a good I'm trying cop. to give you a segue in the Lone Ranger. <laughs> oh, I was just going to tell everybody what we were going to yeah. read today. Oh, wow. We're going to talk yeah. about uh, the Lone Ranger number two, Firefly number one. That's a new Firefly from Boom. Yeah. New Firefly. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Miracle number 12, Venom number eight, Plastic Man number six, the terrible Elizabeth Dunham, Dunn against <laughs> the devils in suits. One shot. That's a title. And Fantastic Four, three, two, one. I like that. Uh, full disclosure, everybody, we were doing a little bit of light character work before we started uh, recording, and one thing I really have a problem with is abandoning a character voice. Can't uh, leave them behind. Can't leave them behind. So No character uh, left behind. Yeah, nope. yeah, just everybody, like... Just be real fluid. Uh, if we slip into characters, listen, no harm, no foul. Uh, we I'm don't sorry. even know who they are. Yeah. The character's so big. I can't a huge <laughs> fucking character. Um, it's got really. a lot of character. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How do you find shoes big enough for a king size? <laughs> the longest toe. Uh, it's got a long finger, too. Um, <laughs> the Lone Ranger, number two, written by Mark Russell, Bob Q., and Hassan Otsomane El Hau. Whoa. Yeah, one, I just, dude. I didn't really even know that I was going to be doing that. <laughs> I like his face scarf. I really like the art. Who, Hassan's? <laughs> it's an ascot. Oh, like Fred. Like Phil. Oh, is Phil, art, of course. Is Phil, is it a scarf or an ascot that he wears? Phil? Yeah. It's an ascot. Okay. Neck shawl. Yeah, like, it, it. It's basically what Fred wears in the Scooby Scooby Doo. Okay, like a little blanket for your Adam's apple. (laughs) (laughs) Just tuck him in. Just tuck him in. Uh, This this book followed up on issue number one, which kind of just introduced the concept of what this story is going to be, which is the Lone Ranger fighting land property fences. (laughs) <laughs> Land barons. Yeah. <laughs> Some dirty old rotten yellow-bellied snake tooth snaggle turtle land barons. And I can't remember if we talked about issue number one on the podcast. We did. We did? We did? Yeah. Okay. Because we yeah. talked at length about the tattoo on the horse's belly. Yeah, I love that. I love that, that tattoo. Oh, yeah. Um, so this one, we got to spend pretty much the whole issue with Tonto and Luke Ranger. What's his name? <laughs> Buddy. Lone. Lone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like Luke Ranger. That's a good name. So, I like name Julian Durango. Julian Durangos. My name is John Julian, Julian Durangos. John Clayton. John Clayton? I think is so. the name of the Lone Ranger? Or, wait, or am I thinking of Clayton more, the actor who played him on TV and radio? <laughs> yeah, if I don't know how we stop this. Uh, we're going to have to Reed, get out of it. Because he's related to Britt Reed. John Reed. How much yeah. does Mark Russell love armadillos, is what I was thinking. Yeah, he's a, a lot. <laughs> He, he's put armadillos in at least two, but maybe all of his stories. Yeah. He's an armadillon. He's an armadillon. Dillywan. Armadillon. What did you guys think of this issue? Please. I really, really liked it. I liked it a lot, too. I thought it was um, a lot of character work with Tonto, and uh, I, I always enjoy it when a Lone Ranger story shows Tonto to be the smart one and the Lone Ranger to be kind of a dip. And I think that this... This highlights that pretty well, um, especially when you're looking at the, uh, like, Tonto goes, was stolen away and goes to school at some point, and he's on the football team, and they use the quarterback in the in the game to just get totally dogpiled while someone else has the ball, 
and he tells Lone, Ra- Lone Ranger that uh, it's just gonna it's gonna be just like uh, like a football game. This fight they're about to have, and Lone Ranger asks him, "Well, what am I? What, what part am I gonna play?" He says, "Oh, the quarterback, of course." And it's like you're gonna you, you lucky son of a gun, <laughs> and uh, you can like there's just a lot of uh, a lot of emotion in that panel where Tonto's reassuring the Lone Ranger that everything's going to be fine. You're not going to get the shit kicked out of you. But he is. Tonto's not only smarter than Lone Ranger, but college educated at, you know, this in this time, or I guess not college educated. I think but, that uh, that's one education. of those Reformation schools where, like, they would take oh. Native Americans, shave their mm-hmm. heads, and try to teach them to be Americans. That's right. And I, I particularly, in my mind, because Sam just had to write a report on one of these schools that was around my bad. her town, good yeah. um, which is, a cr- he brings up, so I guess the interesting thing about this book to me is, <coughs> and Justin and I were talking about it a little bit earlier today, but I'm interested if, what do you guys think, I guess Roman hasn't read it but yet, um, but like, do you feel like it's as much Mark Russell as like other books of Mark Russell, or I, it seems like his sort of sharp, intelligent wit, but without any intention towards being funny. I think this one has fewer setup punchline gags mm-hmm. and a lot more kind of sight gags, and I, I guess it's just a different way to set up the punchline. But the the thing where Tonto's standing next to a barrel labeled pickles, and somebody walks up thinking that he's selling pickles, and he reaches in and finds a lizard in there instead of a pickle. I thought that was that was really funny, but didn't feel like a Mark Russell joke to me. But then, like, a page later when the Lone Ranger walks out and everyone pulls their guns on him, he just goes, pickles, five cents, to, like, totally <laughs> yeah. blend in, which wasn't really funny to me until now, looking at it. And he, he hit his gun in the pickle barrel. Oh. Right? Like, later on, he pulls a shotgun out of the, out of the pickle barrel, which... I don't know. It's there's a lot going on in the in the in the background in this book. Yeah, and it, it, like there's just the bit where he disappears for a day, and they were like looking for him, but he just went to a place where there were several other Native Americans, and mm-hmm. he was just like, I went to the only place where I was absolutely going to blend in. And I like, I don't know. That's that sort of wit that seems like it was present in Snagglepuss a little bit more than like Flintstones, which is that sort of highlighting a hypocritical racist tendency without necessarily like putting a punchline to it or yeah. I don't know like it it was funny in a sad way and and it kind of teaches you a lesson without pointing a finger it's yeah. like you're an idiot for thinking we all look the same right but not not I I don't know it's 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 kind of a subtle lesson that you that you're taught there I really like that no I I, I totally agree I like the sort of resigned nature with which you talked about it because yeah yeah this book's a little subtler um, it's a little slyer like he gets a, does a trick to get a bottle of whiskey in the beginning and uh-huh. then at the very end of the issue he uses that whiskey to get into um, the office to steal files they need or yeah 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 it's they're it's I guess, yeah, I really he's like... A sly, subtle boy. Yeah, he's super intelligent, and he's just sort of using the prejudice prejudice that all the people at this time had consistently to his advantage. Like, three or four times in this issue, he does it. Uh, which is just, I don't know, really intelligent and uh, well-executed writing. Yeah. 
So um, what I really... Sorry, did you have something insightful to say? Because I wasn't going to do a good one. <laughs> no, I was going to say... Thumbs up? Yep. <laughs> I was going to say this cover kind of befuddles me. Yeah, what's going on there? Face scarf. <laughs> so I give it um, 8.5. Me too. I think 8.5 is like what I'm learning is just like Jeff's pretty darn good comic score. Yeah. I'll, like pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to give it an 8.5 uh, Gatling Guns in the Well. I'm... Spoiler alert. Oh! Uh-oh. We spoil these books sometimes. We spoil the pants. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. What do yep. you give it, Justin? Yep. I give it eight and a half. Yep. Eight and a half of those. Uh, or eight and a half packles. Packles. Five cent packles. Yep. Uh, I, I like westerns. I like tontos. I like short or tall, squat tontos. You know, I like them all in all varieties. I also. Like Lone Rangers, so um, Firefly. Firefly. Speaking of cowboys in and the big calibers, sky, yeah, <laughs> you can't take the caliber sky from Patoom Tang. Wait, Patang. this is, is Caliber yeah. Comics. Patang. Wow, I thought it was Dark Horse. Boom. It's Boom. <gasps> so, boom. how did they get it? Did you say that we're going to be doing some spoiling? Oh yeah, we're going to spoil the. Are our spoilers Pringles sponsored by anybody this week? Our spoilers this week are sponsored by Intellitonic. Intellitech. Intellitonic. Intellitonic. <laughs> I love those guys. It is a it is wonderful to be sponsored. We're super grateful. I have a hard time with that word. Uh why do you think that is? I's and N's and T's and L's are maybe, all sort of long letters. Maybe if you just remember <laughs> what they do. Intellitonic is a Bellingham-based, conversion-centric digital marketing agency focused on proving sales, not just traffic and impressions. It's their goal to become your business digital marketing department, not just your vendor. That can be used if you can't ad-lib anything. Oh, wait. That, that was personal. He reads a lot. And sometimes he just kind of keeps reading. I No, I mean, sorry. That was memorized. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh boons. Oh, um. <laughs> oh, pickles. <laughs> what is the what is the conversion? The word the only word I understand there in that context was conversion. They're converting visitors on your website to dollars in your hand. So basically, like if if you have a, a store website, you're doing pretty average if you can get one percent to two percent of the people who go to your website to buy something, and that's your conversion rate. So if you got a 2% conversion rate, you're doing okay. If you got a 10% conversion rate, you're doing real good. I don't know if they get you 10%, but oh, it uh, sounds do. like they work on it. We guarantee that they'll get you that, or else this isn't a papcast. Are you guys sweating? Because I'm suddenly sweating. It's hot. I don't but what I want to say about them is that, Roman, to try and give it an, an antithesis definition, you're a Facebook boy, mm-hmm. a face daddy. I am. Um, do you ever see those ads on Facebook that are like, you know, uh, the, the meta, m- create a metaphorical equivalent of this, but I'm trying to think of one you might find. Uh, Alice Cooper standing in front of a, a crowd that he's been photoshopped in front of with like a f- shitty photoshopped t-shirt in there with like, today it would be Stan Lee. Hmm. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. tell that it's just like this insane advertisement based on your browser history and likes yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Do you know those sorts of things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Highly intelligent. Tonic. Tonic. They're going to advertise 
in a good way. Like, no one clicks on those t-shirt ads. Uh, yeah. No? Do you? No one. No, no Shango. one. Shango. You get those yeah. shirts? No. Intellitonic, thanks so much. I-N-T-E-L-L-I-T-O-N-I-C dot com. That sounds about right. Intellitonic. The length of the collars on Django's weird imagined search history uh, homunculus shirts. Oh, gosh. What? There's a lot going on in that one. Yeah. Uh, What I really want to remind everybody is check out Intellitonic's (laughs) website. Uh, on their homepage, there is a beautiful photograph of some gorgeous men and women oh that work gosh. there. Hmm. One in particular. One in particular is just a salt and pepper prince. <laughs> Lionheart. And uh, you can feel it. But what we would love is to have our listeners go check out their website, peep that shot, scope that. Can you that. use it? Use it. Use it. Absolutely. Can't, can't use it? That's okay. Are you doing stuff business-wise? Yeah. They're going to help you, I promise. Business them. even if you're just not, if you're just a casual comic book aficionado, you should check this website out. Just say on a number of one to ten, one starting on the left, the next person on the right being number two, who is your favorite? Which one's your not-so-silver fox? Fireman. Oh, nice boots. Uh, oh. <laughs> some big fucking boots. Uh, huge boots. Look at the feet on them. Yeah, shiny they are. Someone take me to space land. Thanks for spoiling our spoilers. Intelatonic. We, we love you, Intelatonic. Uh, Firefly number one by Greg Pack, Dan McDade, and Marcelo Costa. This is the artist who did that issue of Doom Patrol. Uh-huh. Which issue of Doom Patrol? The last one that the I killed one? like two minutes of podcast oh, yeah. air trying to be like, who is this guy? <laughs> well, it's a pretty big departure from the last few Serenity comics. Um, this one is from Boom. They just acquired the license. Spoiler. And uh, <laughs> Thank you, Intellitonic. At first, I had a real hard time with the art, but by the about <clears throat> page 10, I was... I decided that this fits the story and the, the world pretty well. Let me see it. I, I had a hard time with the art, mainly with the men's chest, shoulders, and arms. Okay. Like there's one. That's most of their bodies. That's, right? yeah, that's half their bodies. Specific. Oh yeah, they've got some big chests. Yeah, and, and also like, like a, one one guy's trying to like kind of lift himself off the ground by putting his hand on the ground, pushing off, and his arm is is like way too long <laughs> for a human being. <laughs> so. Like Django said, this is a pretty big departure from the previous comics that have been coming out, as well as the TV show. Have, have, do you guys, you'd read the previous stuff, right? Are you guys fans of the TV show? Mm-hmm. I've, yep. Yeah. Yep. I've watched the whole TV show, the movie, read all the comics. I think, was there an animated short? I don't think I watched that. I that was Ewok's Christmas. Oh, <laughs> Jub Jub. Um, there might have, or Jub Jub, whatever. I think I've seen all those, too. And there was, was there something animated? I don't know. But I dream but that. I, I don't know. I would say I'm a pretty pretty well-versed in this universe. Okay. And then, Roman, are you, this seems well like a pretty versed. Roman thing. Uh, God, I wish people could see the face he just made. <laughs> yeah, it was not a normal Roman face. <laughs> I didn't see it. Because they're in the verse. It was crazy. <laughs> it was yeah. the craziest face in the verse. You guys don't seem super into it. Particularly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a pretty wide array of faces that I want Roman to make. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he deviates from it, like if he's trying to not yawn while on the podcast. It is absolutely horrifying. 
If he ever makes that face that he just made at me again, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll identify that as face two. Face one is the stifled yawn face. Okay. I know we've so had two faces with that face uh, in the past episode. Two faces when he does that, it's like the Matrix scene where his... The where metal his... goes in the mouth? It would just where like all his skin starts growing over his mouth. Yeah, that's like, terrible. Oh, oh yeah. See, that's the face I really wanted Roman to make. So Roman, as a as a brown coat, as it were, um, I felt like they really nailed the voice for each of these characters. They did. the The opening scene was, of course, the ship falling apart and getting all fucked up, and. I thought that, that that was a really good, like, everybody's kind of in a panic. This is exactly what Wash would say. This is yeah. exactly what Mal would say. That said, the beginning also felt a little bit like the first scene in the, the movie, which is basically them crashing oh. and yeah, it having did. something fall apart. And that, you know, other than that, like, after we got past that, which was a little bit too reminiscent of the movie, I. Really, really enjoyed the story that they're setting up and the, the caper that they have going on. And I read the article in the back by Greg Pack, and uh, sounds like he's got a 12-issue story in mind and that he hadn't ever been a fan until somebody said, just go watch the movie, and he watched the movie, and then he devoured the rest of it. And as he was watching, he had ideas for how to flesh out all these characters. And I mean, one of the best parts for fans of the show is that uh, Wash... Wash is in there. Yeah. It's a prequel to the movie. Yeah. I, sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> we'll hug it out later. <laughs> okay. I am not I hoping for. a huge fan of the show. I <gasps> found it when I was in junior high and was like super into Buffy and Angel. Mm-hmm. And those are a little bit more my cup of tea. So this is like the, you know, sort of like the, the stepchild to me of Joss Whedon's creations, which is to say like it, it it wasn't as dramatic. And right. It was less of a soap opera, less sexual tension, um, although it's present. And I thought the movie was pretty good. I saw it in theaters. And I've tried the last two comics and not super gotten into them. But I I liked this quite a bit. And I think that it functioned super, super well as a piece um, related to the universe. But like, I liked that the <clears throat> art didn't. It didn't feel like photo referencing the episodes. It's not suffering from those right. Star Wars problems where it's too much. Like there, there's a, I think a quite a bit of artistic leeway going on, and I don't just mean in their uh, disproportionate torsos. <laughs> I like. I think that this is set sort of just in the middle of the TV show. Yeah. But I also found myself like pretty invested in the Mal and Nara relationship. Mm-hmm. And I hope that that develops, but I also hope that this doesn't suffer from that thing of like, well, I can't really progress anything because this is before the movie and we know where their relationship is at there. Yeah. Well, it almost has to, right? Because this is before the movie. I guess that my big interest in reading this was like that relationship and that romantic tension between those two. And it felt like because of the nature of when this story takes place that that won't really get much development. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah, Mal stumbling over his attraction toward her, and she's evidence too. But she's not she's not stumbling around as much. And I really like the idea of exploring kind of the origins of uh, Mal and um, Zoe. Zoe, yeah, of their friendship and what they experienced in the war, and looking at the trauma 
of that. I really liked all the flashbacks because they, they weren't they weren't so exposition obviously expositional. But it sounds like that is largely what this story yeah. is is going to be their their time in the war and how they yeah. met. But it's I think it's studying the fallout of that. Okay. And I, I I would be totally into it if we just have little flashes of that because that was those were my least favorite parts of the show when and, they would when they would flash back to it and stay there. But when they just had like the episode with the uh, the guy the dead soldier who shipped them his body that makes me cry every time I fucking watch it. I'd watch that. I don't remember it. <clears throat> it's so good and and it just is kind of them and their relationship with this guy who's kind of sketchy uh, in, in on their team. All in all, I think it was pretty good. I was pretty impressed yeah. with it. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a huge devotee of the world um, or the verse, as Roman has affectionately coined it. But I, I'd i give it an eight. <laughs> oh, man, Django just made phase two. <laughs> We're entering phase two. <laughs> it's my reaver face. Did you say give it an eight? Yeah, I, I think it's, <clears throat> I don't know that it's, I, I want to read this next issue. And I, I do love relationship tension. I give it a seven and a half. What the fuck was that? I, I was trying to do something. <laughs> that was a big fucking I metaphor. I feel like a weird little fly in your web. I have two. In your ointment. <laughs> I have a foot. In ointment. I have a foot problem. Oh. I do too. I've got a foot. I'll take my shoe off and show you mine. I got beautiful feet. I got a foot of meatball sub in me, and it's oh. not doing us any favors. Man, he, he wrote himself snake, yeah. a prescription for a heartburn about an hour and a half before we started recording. <laughs> I think he cashed that check. <laughs> What'd you give it, Roman? <laughs> I forgot what we're talking about. Um, Firefly. I, I, give, I, I give it. Uh, I give it a seven point five. You know what? We got to get is. out of that conversation. Dark side is. I, I was doing like a. We got to escape that conversation. Oh. <laughs> I was going dark. I got side is. That was better. You you pulled the trigger in a perfect way. Actually, I like both. I you know eight point five. Eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're you're okay, reading yeah. the cover. We're <laughs> 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 a metaphor. We're heaven and hell. It's cool. Uh, oh, whoa. ACDC. Mm, Damn, that was good. That was the real one. That's a big fucking Mr. Metaphor. Miracle is done. Tom King, Mitch Garretts, um, they did it. They wrapped the whole thing up in a nice bow. It all makes total sense. We get it. Does it? This is all about shaving, right? It's kind of a shaving uh, ultrasound book. Yeah. Speaking of gaining weight, <laughs> Big Oh, dude. That first shot of. Yeah, he looks like a little plump. Scott. They both have gotten a little plumper. Yeah, I love they're, it. they're content. They're yeah. Happy. yeah. They're, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're no longer worried about where they have to fart. They're now sitting here farting next to each other, eating chips out of each other's lap, you know? <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Does anybody have a real good read on what happened here? Yeah, and yeah. Who can it, tell me what what happened here? Because I just read it and I'm I completely I'm, I'm kind of lost. I I don't get it. I don't I don't. Oh. Not get it, but I I don't necessarily also think that I I don't know what I'm going to get out of a second reread. I'm going to. Is it meant to be got? And that's the thing. I don't think that it is. I don't know if it's supposed to be grokked, my dude. Who? I, oh, grokked. I think that it's just it's. So spoilers, everybody, but, and I don't really know what I'll say that would spoil it, because I don't know either Does way. Does anything happen in this issue besides scenes being put together? 
but it doesn't, I think, you know, the sort of theme of this book was it doesn't necessarily matter whether you're trapped or not, because you, you always kind of are. Like, the bad exists with the good. You find the good within your cage. Yeah. You know, cage bird always has got something to sing about. Yeah. For sure. It's like <laughs> the prisoner who still is able to find joy for the sunlight in his cell every morning. Yeah. It sounds like we just read 12 issues of a comic that we enjoyed the journey. And none of us are really sure how to feel about the end. And goddamn yep. if that doesn't seem to be what life is. Yeah. Yep. And the comic was kind of about life. But also, that all sounds like a bunch of fucking excuses for not understanding it. I don't know that it... I, 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 I just don't. totally agree. I don't... I think that it exists way better... Well, longitudinally wise as a, <laughs> as a thing that you reread at different times in your life and mm-hmm. can get meaning out of at different times. I guarantee I got different things out of this than, than you me. guys probably did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll get something way different out of it in five years. And I think that it, to me personally, um, art, that's my kind of art. Uh, I think mm-hmm, if it sure. has a clear ending and a clear story, I can sort of wrap that up in a nice box and say thank you for that lesson and sort of put it in my, you know, mental closet and store it as a thing. But it's it it stops being a teaching thing in a lot of ways, whereas this feels like a thing that can continue to be a teaching yeah. story, if that makes sense. Did you guys feel satisfied? Did you feel did you like it? Because I'm I'm sitting here feeling. Like, I loved every single issue leading up to it, and maybe the birthday cake didn't taste so good once I finally got it. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about the ending. I, I'm i kind of ambivalent about it. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been just as happy if the last issue was the end. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The last issue was fantastic. I would have preferred mm-hmm. it. The end. I just, I don't know what this add, added, and except for it confused me more. And the fact that I wish I had new gods action figures when I was a baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. And some of these awesome shirts Scott has. Yeah, this issue, I kind of felt like, wow, okay, so, well, that that's nice for them. Um, yeah, I'm not completely sad. I mean, I like that. It's realistic. It's it's There's hope in there. But, uh, but yeah, I could have ended with last issue, and that could have been the end of the series for me. So he had the opportunity to go play superhero after defeating yeah. Darkseid, right? Like he could go into this, back into this world of adventures and and stuff, and then he, or to choose to go home and live a mundane life, and he picked a Both? month. Both, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because he's still going back to Murder Planet, and but he's also like, all these visions of his old life keep coming up and talking to him, and he's going to talk to some in, in, in one context, but they, he's able to reject him. Like he, he's like, no, hell sucks. Uh, and his dad comes down and is like, Hey, you're great. And he's like, fuck you. I'm buying hot dogs for my kid. And yeah, it seems like he, he chose, he didn't shoot, shoot it to me. I felt like he didn't get a choice between, or he chose not to go to super heaven or super hell. And he chose just, you know, live in the eternal present with his family and live a normal life like he rejected both ends of his destiny. The the bit that like so 
while not knowing what was going on, the two parts that really, I think, were powerful were the resolution where that dark side is, which is this looming metaphor that would come up in panels, and that sort of embodiment of that at the end is Darkseid sitting on the couch while he sits down on the couch to sing his baby to sleep, and he sort of puts his feet up and rests them on Darkseid. And and what Big Barda says is like, yeah, Darkseid is, but so are we. And that seemed to be like a big statement about fear or anxiety to me, which is like the negative is ever-present, but it's how you live in relation to that that defines who you are and, and how you live. And the and if it takes 12 issues to get that message into me, I'm into that. But I also really liked that bit where he was talking about, and it reminded me of Grant Morrison, where he was talking about I was looking into the baby's eyes and I could see his child and his child and his yeah. child. And he was looking back at me and he was seeing my father and my father and his father and his father. And, and I felt immediately in connection with this giant, all of time and all of our life and we are all these things at once and the only way that we can be that is by being in this singular moment which is the present and we sort of ride that forward and backwards and that's like that the final issue of the invisibles that you know like the trailing thing where like you know if you we are this giant living idea through time that you can look at at a moment in time whether it's thousands of years ago or in the future and we are just this one page of a flip book <laughs> I thought this funky flex master Stanley Stan guy I, there's just this great moment where they get home and he's watching baby Jake and says with great power comes great responsibility this is a DC comic book Yeah. Uh, that was a really touching, awesome moment. How did it all go? Me and Jelly Jake, we have nothing to reproach ourselves about. Like, <laughs> it was just this moment, like, tipping the cap to Stan Lee, you know, uh, a couple days after he passed away, but there's no way they could have known that or anything. It felt very timely. Uh, I, was, I was pumped to sort of see that over the, you know, crossing the border handshake. And then I love that his father, who is his Oberon? That's Oberon. That, that. Yeah, that's that his friend, right? That was his buddy, his assistant. But I he's, almost cried reading that part. He's yeah. also Jack Kirby. Oh yeah, I could see that. Oh, and Danny. DeVito. I guess could be. I never, I never thought of that, but yeah. I didn't read it. I didn't read it as Jack Kirby, but reading, reading that interaction, got me a little bit choked up. Yeah. Yeah, Oberon's been with him like even before Barda and he never got together. That's old man Logan. He says, "Kid, this all this yes. yep. all this." It'll break your yeah, heart. Yeah, and that was what sold me, oh, right? Yeah, and I forgot about that. But yeah, that's a Kirby quote. So the comics will break your heart, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess all that to say, I, I agree with Justin. I enjoyed this whole thing, sort of under the idea of discovering what it was going to be, and I didn't get that out of it. But damn, this last issue had some really nice meditations and moments, and I don't know that I would want it to be different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I did enjoy it reading it. I would, like closed it feeling pretty disappointed, but now talking about it and thinking through it, it all makes a little more sense. And regardless of it making sense, it's like now I'm like, man, that was a fucking good scene, and that's really beautiful. Um, reading it, maybe I was just so wanting. I had this expectation, or I wanted a code to crack, and you know, maybe it, I was reading it in a different way. You and, know, and I think I was too. Well, and now we've read it. 
maybe you'll read it again we'll do. with oh, a totally different oh, yeah, perspective. Like, Give me an absolute edition. For sure. Yeah. It deserves. <clears throat> also, yeah. one last thing. At the end, it says, the Mr. Miracle series will not be continued. Its new and thrilling successor will soon be on sale. Look for it. And that's what I was just going to say. What is that? Do you I think it's know. just a joke or... Are these two gentlemen working on another book? Or do I we get so. Mr. Miracle written by Dan Slott? No. <laughs> oh, it would be fun if it was called like the Miracle Family. And <laughs> I'm going to give the issue a 9.5. I'm going to give the series a 10. I think it's a perfect series. I think that it's a book that I will buy the most expensive deluxe edition of to have, and it will bring me comfort in my life to know that I could read it at any time. And I can't ask for much more from a comic series than that this issue is some confusing emotions but the amount of things that i think were beautiful in it put it at 9.5 to me it is not what i wanted but it might be a little bit more what i needed oh i'm gonna give this issue a nine i'm gonna give the series a 10 i put a lot more words into mine yeah Uh, that's all i got (laughs) i'm still i'm still a little choked up about oberon I'm going to edit mine out because everyone knows that. Oh, Django made phase two. <laughs> oh, God, phase two. I've added a monstrous thing to Django's repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will give the issue an eight. I'll give the series a ten. I would do a, a, an eight for this one and a, a ten for the whole series. This was the book that got me through a pretty mediocre year but at the at the lowest lows it brought me back up to the highs and allowed me to see uh it helped me a lot it it was made me feel warm when 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 i didn't feel so warm and uh it's a beautiful book in every every instance of the word even though the ending is i didn't really get it (laughs) but uh king uh, tom king and mitch gerald's really put some gravy on it so Chilly. I can't think of a, another 12-issue series that has had this much momentum for our customers all the way through. Like, people drop out a 12-issue series. Yeah. This was a juggernaut. Yeah. And and real kind of subtle, too. It wasn't, wasn't like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man, Punch, Pow. It was people were, I think, getting it because they wanted to see the family stuff as much as they wanted to see the adventure. And I hope that this book and the success and popularity of it affects the comic industry in the same way that like Donnie Cates books do. Because mm-hmm. you can see, and I don't want this to sound negative, you can see the stink of Donnie Cates on a lot of other oh, writers the now. So good out there, yeah. It's, he's so good. We love him. <clears throat> I don't see as much Kang stank yeah. on books. If we had just the two sting. types of books. Some Kate stank and some King stank. Cates and Kang. Things. Let's get to the Cates gate. Justin, take us beyond that's uh donnie and clyde oh yeah we're driving around we're robbing banks and take us through the kate's gate it's got some guts on it bro venom yeah (laughs) this guy He's got this, like, gooey suit. Like, if you wear a pair of black Levi's for way too long, like, years on end, it gets all sticky and grimy and, like, gum. That's what this guy's superpower is. It's a really big old bad pair of Levi's. Uh, Did you guys read Venom? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did not. I'm saving it. It's his favorite thing. He puts it till the very end. Mm -hmm. He's actually... (laughs) 
waiting to. Uh, never mind. Uh, you're about to get some <laughs> Telotonic sponsored Kate Stank spoilers. <laughs> At the end of the last issue, uh, <laughs> Eddie Brock is stunned to hear that Flash Thompson has died. And I think that they did a super interesting thing linking the Eddie Brock. Flash Thompson symbiote dynamic all up together like that. And the weird logical inferiority complex that Eddie has with knowing that the symbiote preferred Flash. Which I don't like. Really? Yeah. I just, I, I got jealous. I was like, I, come I, on, Eddie, you're, I, you're my boy. I agree. I was also a little bit jealous about it, but I don't know. It was kind of dirty. It was kind of, you know, kind of. We find in this issue that symbiotes can also like remember and save parts of its host within itself so it's like fractal yeah so whatever it takes in it also memorizes and keeps so now venom can like probably pop in between eddie brock venom and flash thompson venom which is fucking cool so he like goes for a couple pages of being flash thompson venom like with the suit and everything hey brock you mind if i drive Yeah. yeah so agent venom is back why don't they just give him moon knight what? If he's gonna be split personality, oh, it's not. It, it's he describes it as not like not like surrendering control, like when big Uki vampire boss had absorbed the the, the symbiote. But it's more like having backup. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not it's not like he's running around talking to Flash. It's uh, and he's not really there. It's a like a hologram of him or uh, it's yeah, an echo. He, it's, yeah, he can kind of go into Flash Thompson Venom mode. Huh. Um, it's kind of like how Rick Grayson can sometimes just bust out some Dick Grayson Nightwing moves because he's got echoes of that in his DNA at this point. Rick and Dick and DNA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Jeff just did face two at me. Mom. Jeff bit my finger. <laughs> you made him face two. But they did some cool fucking scening in this at the end. Some like good plotting. Like, oh God! Some some tasels. So the maker, who is bad, Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, who I love. Um, we don't know who he's working for. They're still keeping that a mystery. But the symbiote sample of the Venom Dragon God has been stolen from his lab. We didn't know who it was from. What we learn at the end, it's this death cult that worships the carcass, the burnt, preserved carcass of Cletus Cassidy, and they extracted this symbiote to be able to rebirth carnage which is this one shot that's coming out fuck yeah yeah it's <laughs> fucking cool keep cletus cassidy cult and then the maker goes well what's next and he opens up this screen and there's the death cult in one one shot um is that the that's the nick fury guy okay oh, yeah, the, that's the unseen oh the unseen then this looks like uh star fox or oh, i thought it was namor I, I don't know i don't know who that is okay the there's something that looks like a logo there uh a headless thanos uh, Galactus and Silver Surfer, the fucking coolest dudes. Yeah, but the Death Cult Carnage thing, working Oof. that in, and Oof. I like the idea of Venom being able to access like suit memory. You yeah, know? like that's like a symbiotic technology. Like, mm-hmm. Now accessing Flash Thompson, this <laughs> fucking cool. Um, that would be a cool feature in a video game. Yeah, it would I like that too? Because that means he can the suit can also access some Peter Parker. Yeah, that's what I, the whole time I was thinking that too. I was like, I wonder if there's going to be a, like a 
black suited Spidey personality. We haven't gotten there. any of that yet. You're right. We're totally gonna see some of that black yeah. suit Spider Man. It's the sexiest costume yeah, the, in, oh in the game. I've had dreams about that suit. I kid uh, you not. It's like having it or looking at Spider Man in it. Just all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love that suit so much. Type I remember book. the first time I saw it. I'll dress up that way for you sometime. I love oh the, my God. the violence in this. It's high octane. Would you guys allow it if Marvel assigned Donny Cates to resurrect anybody who gets resurrected? Anybody? Anybody that Marvel wants sure. to bring back. Oh, yeah. Just give give it a Donny Cates one shot. He'll probably do a better job than anybody else. Because, mm-hmm. like, this is an awesome way to bring Cletus Cassidy back. Yeah. It super right. is. And... Respectful to it, too. Yeah, he... Pays such deference to the history of comics by reincorporating them, and it doesn't feel like a cash grab. It feels like somebody who loves story and is engaged in a ton of it, and somebody who read it all at the comic store. Yeah, worked at. yeah. He makes every like tiny character give. He gives them their own mythos, like in a very creative way. Like, and yeah. I've never read Venom solo stuff that was good. Yes, yeah, I know. Uh, he always functions so well in relation to Spider-Man in this. Is is doing that is like providing this huge tapestry to tap into with, with Venom. So I give uh, this one, I don't know, eight eight point five. Really damn good comic. Uh, eight eight point five. It, it was really good. I would love to see Stegman back on the art, but he his stuff also does need a little bit more time, I think, to get out. So I support that they're giving him that. I really liked this art. It's tunier. And yeah, more more my flave. Uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm just copying you guys. 8.5. That's I've learned my solid. Like I enjoyed this comic. I like it. Yeah. It's it's a good book. I would give it a 7.5. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. It's, this Tony Cates' run of Venom is the first time I've really liked Venom. Though I did really like the Agent Venom, Flash Thompson stuff. But and Eddie Brock, I'm kind of like, eh, I've never cared about him. Oh, boy, howdy, have we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but his beard. Something you have cared about. Plastic Man. Plastic Man. <laughs> Talk to me about this. The and final, not just I've, the I've disgusting heard of this cover. Yeah, what is I saw it? that picking co- through comics on Why Tuesday. Why is it a disgusting cover? Oh, it's just so gross. How's it's like it his, gross? It's just his smiling face. No, he got smashed down it's into his shirt, two. and it's nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's Plastic Man's face, too. <laughs> this is the last issue of the Gail Simone Plastic Man series. Um, though this one also kind of ends with a, there'll maybe be more coming. Um, I'm sad to see this series go. It's been a, it's been a real blast. Uh, starts off Plastic Man in his kitchen doing cool Plastic Man stuff. He's discovering things about his powers. Um like, he can't find a cup, so he just forms his hand into a cup and pours the hot coffee into it. Are you going page by page? Are you giving me a whole I ought thing? to. I ought to. But then he fights the shape-switching alien Durlin from, uh, that's imitating him. This was just such a great series. I'm really going to miss this. Dr. Psycho's in it. Can you tell me, like, what the whole series was about and it's about, how much you liked it? It's kind of, it's kind of a origin of Plastic Man. It's not a reboot, really, but... An origin, and he gets a sidekick. This kid, who he is it the Wang kid? Yeah, the Wang kid. Okay. With the, the long kinda, finger. The kid kind of gives him a reason to be a good guy, right? Yeah. Like that. I, I haven't read the newest issue, but that's kind of where. It's yeah, because early be on, you know, he's kind of thinking, well, I could, I could do a lot of great criminal things with this power, but the kid shows up and kind of by just being there forces Plastic Man to, okay, I'll be a good guy. You know, this kind of feels pretty good to, to be nice. Yeah. Um, 
and this is cool in this issue. He beats five major supervillains all by himself by using his powers very Which cleverly. Five? five big villains. Which one? Well, it's the big guy and the other big guy. The Rob. Well, yeah, there's, the that, that, guy. there's that little gross Dr. Psycho guy that's always terrorizing Wonder Woman. Um, and then the other ones are big ones. Amazo. He's got the powers of Justice League. He, he beats Amazo? He beats Amazo. Heavens to and per, Detroit. And Per Degaton, who used to give the All-Star Squadron their... Did you say Per Degatron? Per Degaton. Degatron. Side note. Did everybody read Avengers this week? No, nope. We all did. Yes. How did everyone yes. feel about Squadron Supreme showing up, Roman? Spoilers, that was awesome. I just know that Roman loves that was, Squadron There Supreme. was a lot of awesome comics this week that just had big moments that were big, fun, just... Wahoo comic book moments. Marvel comic book moments. Bombast. Bombastic. Yeah. Uh, again, comics were... Ooh, uh, uh, it was fortuitous which books came out for the very uh, unfortunate passing of Stan Lee this week. There was some real sort of Wahoo comics. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. When we get to Fantastic Four, boy, that perfect comic to come out the week of Stan's death. Gosh. Yeah. R.I.P. Stan Lee. Thanks for all of the comics. And inspiration and fun. Yeah. You're, you you were a living cartoon character. Yep. And your mustache had a mind of its own. Sure did. <laughs> sure <laughs> stunk did. Might still be around. What's that thing crawling around over there? Oh, my God. Oh, God, it's Dan's mustache! <laughs> <laughs> the real symbiote. One of the things Gail Simone does, she brings back a classic Plastman villain, the gr- Lady Granite. Can I see that? That is the opposite of Plastic Man. Yeah. She's a granite lady. <laughs> did it? Do you think it did? Uh, did right by your love of Plastic Man? Yeah, yeah, it did. What do you give the issue in the series? Um, I'll give the issue. Oh, I'm sorry. I got her name wrong. Granite Janet is her name. <laughs> Granny Jan. Granite Jan. Grand Jan. Yeah. Um, I will give the issue an eight point five. I'll give the series. I think I'll give the series a ten. <laughs> Boom. Roman dropping it's, it's, that it's, it's, it's right up there with the Miracle Man. It's Freak, plus. now you got me doing it. Mr. Miracle series. Mr. Miracle Man. Ex- yeah, ex- Mr. Miracle ex- Man. Except in a totally different way. And it ends with this kid. It's going to be Plastic Man's sidekick. Every once in a while, a big old comic comes out, and I'm mad that it's big. There's a big mm-hmm. comic. But then I read the terrible <laughs> Elizabeth Dunn against the Devils in Suits by Arabasan. Ar- Ar- yeah. <laughs> uh, but adapted by James Robinson. And it is, it tells kind of a, this felt like a Coen Brothers movie to me. Hmm. So it's got like this guy who made a deal with the devil, and the devil is supposed to take his firstborn son. And the guy makes a deal for him to take his daughter instead. And the mom rats him out to the daughter, and the daughter goes on the lamb from the uh, from the boarding school that they've sent her away to. And... So it's all about her adventure going back to face off against the dad and the people that she meets. And it <laughs> seems like everybody has sold their soul to the devil in this book. The art is... The lips. The art is amazing. The lips are grotesque. It, the, I think Ashton would really like the art in this. Yeah, he Ashton loved it. Did he look yeah. at it? Good. Um, and the, the, every, every big, exciting panel is this crazy... Like wide angle shot. Kirby. Everything is kind of distorted and a little bit unrealistic and gross. And it just like the the amount of stuff coming at you and out of the panel and 
it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous comic. Jesus, that, that skin flops. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't want to be in this world, but I definitely enjoyed reading about this world. This looks so cool. It's got a blues singer who sold his soul to the devil. It's got devils. It's got angels. Um, it's got chickens. And it's chickens too. It's just all kind of sad by the end, and really, I don't know. This is this is the best one shot comic I've read in a long, long time. I agree. It. Gosh, I wonder how many pages it is because it, it's a lot of comic, and I don't think there's any ads in it. Yeah, but I'll bet it's not. It's not sixty four pages. I don't think. You don't think? I don't think so. It's it's probably two two to three issues worth of comic, probably forty to sixty pages without ads, blown up in size. Like it's a you know it's about an inch and a half extra on the diagonal. Thirty six pages. Is it? Yep. Wow. It flies. You fly through it. It, yeah. it doesn't take long to get through. The art tells most of the story. The translation seems pretty good. I don't think there was much loss, but of course I don't know what the original one was like. But if it's the, not if it's not a perfect translation, it's great anyway. I, yeah, uh, it totally gets the job done. Uh, but the art is really the the superstar here. Like you can hear the people's skin moving when they talk in this. Yeah, it's all like blur, flare, never flare, flare, traff, traff. Everyone should listening should come into the shop or find it in your local shop, and uh, I'm. I'm not sure how much it was ordered. We ordered probably about 10 copies because it's twice the size and price of a normal issue. It, I don't know. We still have copies. Anyway, it's it's a, kind of a sight to behold. It's, I, I'm going to get one of these and give it to my dad. Yeah. Like, And my dad doesn't read a lot of comics, so when I give him a comic, I try to make sure it's one that he's going to be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that list, I would put, like, Black Sad. And uh, I, I left, I strategically left all my heroes or junkies out mm. on the table the other day so that he would read it. And I think that this is one that he would get a kick out of. And for for me to think that somebody who doesn't really dig comics would dig this, I think, says a lot about the, the skill that went into this book. What the? Yeah, just just some killing going on. You know they can see us. <laughs> We've got to go down there. <laughs> okay, so for listeners at home, the comics place was just privy to one of the premier social dramas of the last several days in downtown Beeham. Ground zero, 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 Ground zero, zero. zero. There was, I guess, no one should feel uncomfortable coming into our store, <laughs> but there was, a, there was a street fight outside at 9.40 p.m. on the Wednesday night that we recorded this. I'm sure you'll be reading one in the papers. I'm sure there will be news coverage. Um, just Google... I. Justin, I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad that you went out there on the street. I love talking to cops at this point in my life. I was just worried about Jeff, so I was like, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were talking about this the other day, Jeff. Um, when we first started working together, cops were not something you liked to call. No. No, They. I was a guy who smoked weed, and it was illegal at that point, oh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I just felt like people with power could ruin my life if they wanted. They could. Yeah, and now, you know, 
I work at this store downtown where if cops did their job better, I wouldn't have to deal with some bullshit. Gave you a little swing and dang. So it just made me feel a little bit more like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Let me help you do your job. I would give this comic the terrible Elizabeth Dumb against the devils in suits a solid nine and a half. Wow, that's high for you. I don't know why I wouldn't give it a ten. I wouldn't give it a ten because it doesn't fit in any fucking box I have. <laughs> don't you not believe in tens? I believe in tens. I give, okay. I give a ten out tonight. Oh, <clears throat> for the Miracle Man series. Mr. Miracle series. I didn't know you were such an Alan Moore fan. <laughs> no, I think I think this is a comic that uh, I don't think anybody would be bummed to spend $6 on this book. No, it's... It, it's a ridiculously good price for something When I cool. ordered it, I thought it was a standalone graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Which is why we didn't get more of it, but it really is a, just a big old fat issue. 36 is it, pages is not too much. Can we not still get it? I'm sure we can. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure we can. Would you say it's a certifiable daddy book? Daddy book. I like things where people sell their, their souls to the devil. Would you do it? Would I sell my soul to the devil? Yeah. Uh, no. Would no, you I know taunt him and call him the devil? I would say, you devil, I know your twicks, I know your woos, Mr. Devil. And that here at the, at the crossroad we are meeting on, I am King Emperor Bad Boy. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> if I was the, looking at Satan. If I was looking at the devil. <laughs> He really yeah. doesn't like it when you put that double B in his name. No, He's like, no. whoa, shit. <laughs> the only thing that makes him feel small. Yeah. I, however, love when you call me Debwee. 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 I'm like going to record you doing that, and then I'll... Blorch. Oh. Why is it always a blorch with you? <laughs> uh, don't. It's don't. a Don Martin Mad Magazine thing. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. What kind of gun is that? It's a gun maraca. 90 seconds are going. Go <laughs> oh, fuck. Quantum age. That was a chant with cocking sounds. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know your fucking chanting I face. I didn't get it. Quantum <laughs> age number four. Um, we had a lot of people drop this series at number three. And every time I was there for it, I recommended that they call us as soon as they read it and tell us that they wanted to keep it going because it took three issues for this series to tie into the previous series. And it tied in in such a satisfactory way mm. that I was I was running out of steam on this series, which is like the Legion of Superheroes in the Black Hammer universe. It ties in at the very end of issue three, and I was like, fuck yeah, this Spoil is awesome. Spoil time in. Um, one of the main characters turns out to be Talkie Walkie. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of this one... Uh, one of the other main characters turns out to be someone else that we've been introduced to in the main series, Ooh. Colonel Weird. Ooh. So this ties in super heavy to the main Black Hammer universe, and uh, this has more more uh, origin stuff. It's great. I also read Howard Chaykin's Hey Kids Comics issue four. Uh, it's going to be five issues long. This one deals a lot with Stanley and the Stanley character being just kind of like butthead Stanley and uh, making all the money he can selling original art that he's kind of stolen from work and stuff. And 
very interesting week for this to come out. Yeah. Uh, my favorite issue of this series so far, which kind of a low bar because it's been a struggle. Weirdly compelling, but a uh, big struggle for me to get through every time. But probably nice when the bulk of one of those issues is a, compa- like a, a personality comparison that you can very easily draw. It's not even the bulk of the issue. It's, I mean, it's just, it follows the same format, but you can also follow a page of original art from about halfway through this book through to it's like he steals it from work and then he sells it to a guy at a convention for 10 bucks and complains about it. And then it goes for tens of thousands of dollars at auction by the end. And you, you just get these little glimpses of this, this page of original art throughout the issue. And then on the back page, it's got the whole thing. And it, I don't know. It, it, this, this issue, a lot of things finally gelled for me. And I think this is going to be a really interesting series to read kind of start to finish. I'm pretty interested in it, and uh, I like I like Howard Chaikin stuff. Yeah. Read that shadow, maybe. Yeah. You, you might even like that. I don't know that I like reading whole stories of it, but I like, you know, like I got a couple issues of Black Kiss <clears throat> 2 when it was coming out, and his shit is just so fucking unlike anybody else's shit from just like how he's doing it and how it looks. And yeah. I don't know that I, I like it, but I like anything that is like that off base. Yeah. Uh, Quantum Age, seven and a half. Hey Kids Comics, seven. Roman, I'm going to give you 90 seconds mm. and I'm going to start it right now. Right now. Ow! Uh, Superman number five. You know, I haven't been digging the Bendis Superman series, but I really liked this issue. Um, we got stuff with Zod trying to org- rally everybody um, to take on Rogel Czar because he wants to do it. Zod's like, you know, I can take care of him. Superman candy's too good, too nice. That's not me. Um, this issue wrapped up some things. Uh, the Adam re- got the Earth out of the Phantom Zone and it grows in size right in front of Zod and Adam Strange, and that's pretty funny. Um, got some good stuff with the Adam. Got some great stuff with Angry Superman. He finally gets pissed off, and it's pretty scary. Um, and the coolest thing at the end, he confronts Rogelzar. Zod shows up in the Phantom Zone, and it's awesome. Okay. The final page, just with Zod about to take on Rogelzar, Superman kind of watches. Okay. <laughs> and we also see the Earth get bigger. Oh, sorry. Yeah. This is your buckshot. Oh, I said that. I didn't hear. I tuned it. out. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I tuned out when you were talking. Um, <laughs> I know, sleepy guy. <laughs> well, we do this so late in the day. Um, Avengers, one. Avengers number ten, which is also issue seven hundred. This was just cool Marvel, big bombastic stuff. Big battles with the Avengers and Namor and his undersea defenders. Gorilla Man is hanging out with the Avengers now at their headquarters. Oh. Recap over. The Soviet super soldiers are back in this issue, along with the Squadron Supreme somehow, and it's all going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd give the Superman, I would give that an 8.5. Avengers 10, issue 700. I'll give that a 9. It was just, wow. a, it was just a blast. You gave I mean, Superman a 10? No. Okay, sorry, 5, Avengers 10. Sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah, 8.5. I mean, this Avengers, Fraser Irving drawn Odin is awesome. 
How much of the, the issue the, is the Phoenix Wolverine shows sideways? Up? Oh, only only like the the Wolverine Phoenix stuff. Oh, I mean, at the end, a Tomb of Dracula character, well, the Wasp rescues him. I mean, it's just crazy. Blade. Yeah. How do you, you think know? of him as a tomb? I've, I've well, that's because that's what he was introduced. Yeah, I just it's crazy to th- that I that you would think of him as a Tomb of Dracula character because he's fucking Blade. Jeff, one thirty, well, yeah. go. But he came from Pluto. <laughs> yeah, but he came from Wesley Snipes. Yeah, no, I was say he's a Wesley Snipes. <laughs> uh, Uncanny X Men number one by Ed Brisson, Matthew Rosenberg, Kelly Thompson, art by Mahmoud Asrar, uh, colors Rochelle Rosenberg. Someone's got to talk about this book. Wait, was it? X Men number one, Uncanny oh, oh. X Men number one. It just was rebooted. Um, this is a really, really big issue in terms of size. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's pretty good. I like I, I was hopeful for it going in, while being a little bit pessimistic as well, and it exceeded my expectations. They've reboot. They've tried to reboot the X Men stuff a lot in the last five years. Bendis had a good run on it. The last sort of several runs, the last like three years, have been kind of hit and miss. Different people. Roman, keep those open, baby. I'm looking at your comic. Uh huh. You sound like my Sam. Um, hmm. It, uh, <laughs> it's it's got a, a sort of bulk issue in it and then a couple backups. The backups are okay. The, the main issue sets up a cool X-Men issue. It really did feel like three pretty good writers were sitting around trying to genuinely come up with some cool X-Men stuff. And it, it, it sets up a cool scenario. We don't really know what's going on. Bishop is looking sleek. Multiple Man is doing a bunch of weird stuff. We've got some flashes of some bad stuff happening. It's it's a cool mystery. They're not telling you what's going to happen. They're seeding some larger things. It's been a while. It, it's not super common to get books that feel like they're meant to be long, and this one does. I really liked it too. And yeah. I don't love X Men comics just as a rule. Yeah. I haven't I haven't really gotten into X Men since the mid nineties, like Jim Lee era. It felt like good older X Men. It yeah. it reminded me of Grant Morrison's X Men run, and it made me really want to read it. Again, on this week off that I've got coming up in so a couple days. So it had that thing where the Grant Morrison characters are still kind of where they were way back then, like still recruits. And I was a little bit bummed about that. I'd like to see like the the, the invisible guy with the bones under his blob skin and mm. all those characters. I'd like to see them kind of graduate. Anyway, I give it a 7.5. It's, good. it's a good comic. Oh, it's more than perfectly acceptable. It's better than most of the X-Men stuff that I think has come out lately. Justin, can I can I wand you up and then <clears throat> unclick you? <laughs> Go. Boom. Murfal, uh, which is short for Murder Falcon in this issue. It was pretty good. We have uh, our homeboy practicing guitar here, but he's getting pissed because he's not quite as good as he used to be because he's out of practice. His good buddy inside... A guitar shop with a punching bag in it um, is telling him like, "Cheer up, Buck. Um, you just gotta shred hard and you know keep at it." And uh, good old metal arm Murder Falcon and him are going over to talk to his friend about something. They're eating burgers and then they go to the heavy. And the heavy's this subterranean realm that Murder Falcon punches a hole into a guitar shop and they go down into this realm that's under the guitar shop that. Uh, is called the heavy, and it's what makes things heavy, and it heals people. But, Whoa! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, they go there to get his old basis, a magical base, so they can get the band back together. Cause fuck yeah, metal! 
and some shit shows up, and so there's some big ookie-bookie monsters that are like, you guys suck because you miss your old man. I'm going to come eat that emotion. And uh, with the sweet, sick bass slap, and he summons his woolly mammoth friend um, and kills the dude. His woolly mammoth friend has a pretty cute name, um, Halford. And Halford. Yeah. Hal. He's, oh, that's... Uh, that's the former lead singer of Judas Priest. Yeah, yeah. Rob Halford. Word. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 90 seconds Sorry. short. That's my first buck. But Magnum Chaos. Is that your uh, first buck? Yeah, that's my first real buck. I'm I buck thought you shy. were born of the buck. Wait, I thought like the, bo- the buck was your child. It was my child, but we never did the formal bucks when I was around. It was just a buck or two. You and know, he we were just somehow bucking around. sneaked out of it the last few episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of quiet over here, you wow. know? Wow. Uh, yeah, Great I, buck. I'm buck shy. Um, <laughs> well bucked. Well bucked. <laughs> uh, did I get a number score? Um, that bad boy is going to be a, gosh, an eight. I fucking love the heavy. Subterranean. Like where the metal comes from and why people love heavy. You know, I had my friend, my metal friend Garrett would put on like the most scary sounding shit, but he'd kind of dance to it. He's like, oh, dude, that's just super heavy, like Meshuggah and stuff like that. Like, you know, the heavy. You love the heavy. And now I love the heavy There's too. There's something in it pendulous about it. Yeah. Danceably pendulous. Did I hear that somebody really liked this issue of Fantastic Four 3. Roman, bring us home. I Get love this issue of Fantastic of Four. Fantastic Four, number three, which is also number 648, legacy numbering. Um, the four are back together again, the family, and they've got all the other, everybody else that's ever been a member of the Fantastic Four, backing them up to fight, uh, oh, I forgot her name, the Griever, the living embodiment of destruction, another cosmic... Cosmic Bean. Her character design is so cool. Yeah, she's got this cool face shield helmet thing um, that looks like... Who's the artist on most of the Hickman stuff? Uh, Nick Dragata and Dale Eaglesham. Uh, Nick Dragata. Dragata only did some of it. Dale Eaglesham did a big portion of it. Oh, because I was thinking her face, just the design of her face shield looks very much like one of those characters during that run. Not a specific character, just one of those designs. Like if Judge Death was a pretty lady with the leader's helmet. Alan Davis. I thought Judge Death, Death was a pretty lady. <laughs> anyway, um, this was a great issue, just the character development. I mean, I didn't even... The villain was kind of secondary to everything. Reed, they're all so, so well-developed. I mean, Ben especially and Reed especially. Like when Reed kind of launches his plan and he does it in the Reed way, way where... He doesn't really explain it all. He just starts commanding. And and it's just like you see in this, he's kind of like on the same level as Captain America where everybody just jumps into action and they don't know what's going to happen or what his plan is. But they're like, okay, it's Reed. We trust him. There's some great moments just with as everybody else goes into battle after Reed tells them, there's a great moment where the four of them, Reed calls them together and, and for a hug. Mm. That, that it's, and the dialogue is While great. his friends are maybe going to die. They're a family that's just been reunited, my dude. Fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. I <laughs> hated that scene. <laughs> Did really? you read this? There's time. I read it. You said that? I read it, and I fucking hated that I haven't part. read it yet. I'm really excited to. <laughs> Take the story. Okay. Fucking shuffle it up. Take the hug out? Give them the... No, give them the reunion after they beat the bad okay, guy. Okay. Don't make them, like, have five pages of, gee, I missed you. Oh, you got so tall. 
while all their friends are fighting an unstoppable foe. How that much older did really bother me. I I support that. I, I yeah that that seems like plotting weirdness. But I, how much older are the kids? Is my point. <laughs> I don't know because they've been drawn so many different ways by different creative teams. It's it's. I mean, Fra- I mean, I mean, Franklin should be like seventeen. <laughs> I mean, or you know, forty was like five by the end of Hickman's run. Yeah, and I don't know how old she is here. She's a big fucking kid. That's with a big old. <laughs> Time is relative. Sue says they've been gone for like five years to them, to the Future Foundation and Reed and Sue, but to Ben and Johnny and everybody else on regular Marvel Earth, they've been gone for a year. So if she was five, and they've been gone for five years, she's ten. She's ten, and super into that. Dude from issue one. Yeah. Yeah, it's really confusing. She's an advanced 10-year-old. Number, yeah. Well, yeah, she's super smart. She's physically advanced, according to Roman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the artist. I didn't draw her. What do you the- fucking give it, you old dog? <laughs> I give this a 9.5. I give it a 10 if the art was better. But, Ooh. I mean, I like, I mean, the art is, I mean, some designs are cool, but, you know, I, I'm old school. If this was George Perez or Alex Ross... I'd give it a 10. Yeah, but how often did Alex Ross do interior arts in any? Well, if it was Alex Ross in the 90s. He used to do interiors then. He did Kingdom Come. And, and then Marvels. he was like, all right, can I get... Oh, he did Marvels. Kingdom Come yeah. and Marvels. And then he was like, I'll just do the covers for Earth I thought X. he did some JLA. Well, he did those big tabloid yeah, DC things. Yeah, Paul Dini ones. But I think those yeah. are like the only three things he's done. Oh, he did Justice too. Yeah, Yeah, and all the one-shots. The Captain Marvel one, the Wonder Woman one, the Paul Dini Absolute Edition. Superman one. Yeah. They're released yeah. Treasury Edition signs. But there's some great moments here with the th- the thing, especially because he's got kind of the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby scripting where he's using words like yuts and everything. Spider-Man tries to tell Franklin, uh, give him a pep top, and the thing's like, nope, not happening. You're going to make him feel guilty. Don't listen to this yuts. Listen to me, kid. I think the way that Dan Slott writes kind of reminds me of the way that Stan Lee wrote. Yeah. I don't think that he's got the like creative chops that Dan Slott or that Stan Lee had in terms of like creating these crazy, crazy amazing worlds, but he writes I th- like I th- he's older than he is. I, I think he's a better I would say he's a better like personality character writer. Stan was a better idea idea guy. But Yeah. Yeah. You know who was a never mind. Um you gave it a nine and a half or a ten? I gave it a nine and a half. There's this great moment with Franklin and Ben where because they're family, Ben's able to like really encourage him, and they say clobbering time together, and he's saying, come, come on, Franklin, say it with me. And he's like, really? Yeah. I give it a five and a half, maybe a six. Oh. Oh. What did you give the other two? Like, what do you, uh, I don't do you know. Think? I like the other two all right. I thought this was A, a month late, and B, not better than the other ones to the me. The Black Panther on the cover looks so cool. And they like that's cool. Cover. There's a part in here where they say, "Hey, uh, was it? Hey, Hulk, you were never part of the Fantastic no, it's Four. Iceman, 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 you weren't part of the Fantastic Four." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I totally was. Remember that time?" Then it's like asterisk. We'll tell you that story another time. Fuck that. Whoa, I love that. That lazy. Was, that was cute. garbage. No, poo. it's 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 for it's setting up a, a, little, a another little story and and I don't actually want. To hear about other people that were Fantastic Four members, I really want to hear about the Fantastic Four. I've been waiting for it for several years. Well, he brought a hundred of them, sent them to slaughter so he could hug his kids for a minute. Okay. Didn't tell any. Yeah. So we've got. <laughs> very, I think I'm gonna like it because I really like the family dynamic stuff of, of the Fantastic yeah. Four. But and you get that 
And it's just they get to do it while the other temporary FFers are taking care of the main villain until Reed and them step in and really take care of the villain. Okay. I I, I was a little turned off when everybody showed up at the end of the issue, too, because I was like, I really just want to see these four people. There's plenty together. of family stuff. You'll probably like it. I think I, I think I'm just an asshole. I but I really thought that this issue missed missed the mark for me. We've been through the ringer tonight, boys. We have. We've had this great sponsor. We've we had Intellid these... and we Intonic'd. And we spoiled them. Thank you, Intellitonic, you salt and pepper debonair. Uh, then we had a stabbing outside of our store in the midst of all of it. Was there? Is that what happened? I saw yeah. real blood. I'm too lazy to go down. I spoke comics. to the police in the middle of this podcast. I backed Jeff up. Yeah, he went out there in socks. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to take my boy, even if they got a big knife. And the cops were like, that's kind of suspicious. Why are you in socks, sir? Can I uh, can I thank somebody real quick? Please. Thanks to Nick Waite for the music on our podcast. Thanks, Nick. Uh, I personally listen to him at soundcloud.com slash stemmingway. S-T-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y. I don't know where you guys listen to him. I've got That's all my the favorite. files on my computer. You know, my favorite thing is when I'm editing this podcast and I just sort of like feel the vibe of the end of the podcast and then I just go through like nine of the 16 songs and find the one that feels emotionally like Which is the one that sounds like Jane goes mad at Dan Slott? Yeah. Oh yeah. We you're can right. give you some. I'm gonna find that one. Some shred for that one. Like. I think I've got the one in my mind that's across between those two. T- yeah, I, I know it. You'll you guys will get it. All right. Well, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time on 109. I'm Django, and if I had to choose between chili and gravy, I would choose gravy. <laughs> you know what I would choose? The biggest damn kid there was. <laughs> I want to sit alone and just have a big old cup of chili. <laughs> and that means that I'm Justin. That was fucked up, my yeah. man. Can't, can't I have chili and gravy together? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>